Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hall here from RightSource, just talking all things governance at the moment. I'm going through a few aspects of governance and how um, we make sure things are set up for your not-for-profit and how they can be how they can be lived. One of the principles I work with when I'm working on governance in a not-for-profit is making sure that the governance is actually lived. To make governance lived, it needs something the same as every other living thing, and that is purpose. So when we put governance in place in a not-for-profit, it's very important to always understand what the purpose of the not-for-profit is, but also what the purpose of that individual piece of governance is and how that, that ties in. So what I wanted to go through was the delegations of authority. Now, this is something that every not-for-profit should have, but a lot of people don't really understand, one, why? Why do we have a delegation of authority? And then two, how can that delegation of authority be lived and actually add some value to your not-for-profit? So let's go through that. Delegation of authority, so why do we have one? Ultimately, when you set up a not-for-profit, and let's say generally speaking through a company or a company limited by guarantee, when you set up that company and that entity, the law around setting that entity up basically specifies that the directors are the ones who make the decisions, who run that entity, and that's usually contained in your constitution as well. So when you set that, that entity up, the directors are the ones that are supposed to run it. Now, obviously, as your uh, company grows, as your not-for-profit grows, you'll most likely get some operational staff or a CEO. Now, at that point, you obviously, the directors want to move out of the operations, start becoming a bit more strategic, and get other people to do stuff. That's why you have a delegation, because what you're, what you're doing is saying, okay, the authority that I hold as a director, I'm now passing down to someone else to be able to do that work so that I don't have to do that work and we can spread the load. That's what a delegation of authority is for. It's to help pass on the legal um, authority that directors have and allow others to act on behalf of the company and to get the company to, to do things without the director having to be doing it. How does that add value? Well, obviously this is a delegation part of it. But one of the important things that when you set up a delegation of authority, and it's more the discussions it will encourage. So if you want to empower your CEO, if you want your CEO to be empowered to actually go out there and do the job the directors are asking, you need to make sure that three things are aligned. Their authority, their responsibility, and their accountability. Those three things, if they're aligned, will now allow the CEO or anyone in any position to become more empowered. So when you're doing the delegation of authority, really it's an opportunity to have a discussion with your CEO and go, well, this is the authority that the board wants to give you as CEO to do. If at that point the CEO believes that the authority they are being given is not the same as what they're responsible for or potentially the board saying you're responsible for X but you don't have authority to make any decisions, that discussion and that clarification of those points can help, one, make the CEO feel clear about what their role is, but also it can help take away some of the frustration that can quite often creep in where a board's 
asking a CEO to do something, but then at the same time saying, well, you don't have the authority to make that decision. So that type of discussion is where the delegation of authority in, encourages the discussion. And it's not necessarily that you're encapsulating the responsibilities of the CEO in the delegation of authority, but it's part of that discussion. It's part of having an open forum uh, with the CEO and your staff. Sort of as a, as a counterpoint to that, one thing you shouldn't be using delegation authority um, to do is policing. You shouldn't be whipping it out every so often saying, look, the delegation says you're not responsible for doing this, though, therefore you've done bad. That, uh, that is a very disempowering thing to do. You want to encourage there to be conversations to understand how you can, like if you've got a CEO working in your not-for-profit, you want to make them be able to do, uh, add as much value as you can. So you want to have a clear understanding of what they're, responsible for and the authority they've got to go and get that done. And these, these conversations don't happen once. This is a living document. So like any policy that you have in governance, it changes all the time. As your situation changes, your organization changes, so should the document. So it's a living document. So it should encourage you to review this document once a year. Um, and at that point, have a conversation with the CEO and make sure that you know, the delegation's authority aligns with their position description and aligns with how everything is working. If something isn't working, then's the time to have that conversation and change the policy if it needs changing. If it doesn't need changing, that's great. You've still had a valuable conversation. So what should be, what should be in a delegation of authority? Uh, well, obviously when we talk about authority, quite often the first thing that springs to mind is your financial stuff. So what the CEO can spend, what they can contract for. Quite often um, that's talked about in terms of what's in budget and out of budget, but there's a lot of different ways you can do it. It's really about encapsulating what the CEO is allowed to go and authorized to spend. But other things that can be in there too are uh, who's authorized to talk to the public and communicate with the public, who's organized to um, discuss legal proceedings, uh, who hires and fires employees. Does that include any other executive staff or direct reports to the CEO? It can really be as detailed or as simple as you want it. It's really, because it's really about how, what role you're asking the CEO to play. There are some things, of course, the board can't delegate. So things like workplace health and safety, that remains with directors. They can definitely get others to help with it, but ultimately the responsibility remains with the directors. Uh, some things the directors tend to not like to, to delegate. For example, insurance is quite often left at the board level. So the CEO might help um, compile and organize insurance um, quotes, but ultimately the directors quite often want to have that final input into whether the insurance is appropriate for the risk management and uh, other obligations of the entity. And of course, director's duties can't be delegated. So directors are still hold the responsibility for the diligent management of the company. So that's still their job and they can't pass that on to somebody else. So that is simplistically what a delegation of authority is, why you do it. It's a simple document, it doesn't have to be complicated, and it's just explaining what the directors are, ask, are giving the CEO authority to do. And from there, how you make it lived and how you make it add value to the organization is the discussions around it to making sure that everyone agrees with what's in it and that it makes sense and fits in with the rest of how the organization is working. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.